All right, we're gonna get rolling. We've got Century Three, and uh, we got a bunch of questions we're gonna walk through. One of our panelists ran off somewhere. Hopefully, she comes back. Uh, How are y'all doing? Good. Good Thanksgiving. Awesome. All right, so we're gonna have a panel discussion today, walking through about. 10 to 15 questions depending on how fast they can talk. Um, we picked a number of people that have been part of the group for a while in the class and uh, who have different perspectives and different kind of observations on work and how it translates to life. Some of your questions, uh, and all your questions that ended up in here, we added a bunch more just to kind of help uh, us walk through today. So if there are, if there are things that you, you're wondering as we dig into this, and uh, you're like, what about, what about, feel free to raise your hand. And we'll just have this more interactive. I think that's great for this morning. Um, I'll probably ditch the microphone here in a second once it's a little quieter. And uh, we'll go ahead and good. You guys are good. So we're aiming for about a minute to two minutes per question. Just have that in your mind. Okay, so a 10-minute dialogue is not going to help us get through the question. That's okay. I'll, I'll tell you to be quiet. Or you guys can tell me to be quiet. We'll see you okay? All right, so let's pray first. Father, we're so grateful for uh, time to talk about work as it relates to being Christians and we want to be wise stewards of your word. We want to be faithful to it, Lord. We want to love Jesus. And, uh, Lord, we want to be able to uh, faithfully live like Christ in the workplace. And we recognize that there are many ways uh, that we fall short, Lord, and we're thankful for your grace in that. And uh, help us today, each of us here, to be able to think about how to intentionally grow and intentionally um, be more faithful to you and or to see particular ways in our life for how we can love you more and for the more babies. We've got these families to listen to you. We've a great time discussing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I ditched this guy. All right, so I wanted to just ask a warm-up question to get us going, and then you guys can just – well, let's go down the row. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm going to stand right here. All right, so let's just start off with the first question. Uh, Joe, can you just give us a brief history of – your time in the workplace, tell us a little bit about your various jobs, what you're currently doing or aspiring to do, maybe anything interesting you've done or not interesting to aspire. It's good. All of it's good. Yeah. Go for it. Um, yeah. So I think there was, there was Dave who said that the average person has like nine jobs in their life. Roughly. I'm like right below that average. So I'm like halfway through my life. So <laughs> I don't know if that's our I've done a variety of different jobs throughout my life. Um, some like maintenance stuff, um, worked at a camp, worked at Chick-fil-A, like food industry, um, fire safety industry, um, and insurance, and now transitioning to counseling uh, is what I'm working on more full-time for currently. So I'm, I'm actually finishing up a graduate program in, at Liberty University um, with clinical mental health counseling. And so, Internship phase of that right now, working on finishing that up by May. Awesome, awesome, great. All right, Christy. Um, before I got married, I worked for my dad for several years. He was a doctor, so I worked in the physician role in the office. And then I worked. Um, then when I got married, I traveled with my husband in evangelism. And I, I it was more of ministry work that way. And then about four years ago, when we moved here, we started a dog breeding business. So. Dog breeder. <laughs> and there were two dogs, too. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Andy? Um, yeah, so I started in high school. I got a job on a farm, so it was um, 
just kind of doing random tasks. Um, actually, collecting chicken eggs was my first responsibility. So it's kind of random, but um, it helped me have a little bit of money in high school and then kind of helped me through college as well. Um, we traveled actually with Will, Pastor Will and Christie's ministry for three years. So we did that. And once again, I feel like I've done a bunch of random things. I did a bunch of random things for them. And, um, it was good just to be a part of their ministry and serve alongside them. Moved out here three years ago. Um, got a job at a welding and fabrication shop in West Valley. Um, just a lot of commercial jobs, different things with that. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, um, took over a painting business. And I've been painting houses and uh, some commercial stuff for about a year and a half now. So that's what I do currently. Um, I'm studying to um, be more involved with ministry. So I'm part of a master's degree through Gateway Seminary right now and um, doing some other prep towards that. So that's my work experience. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Andy. Lucas? Yeah, we, uh, my family was super poor, so we had to work from like, I was thinking about my first job. You don't know what my first job was. We had uh, little sandwich baggies and um, we uh, wove hot pads together with those Loops. Have you ever seen those loops in a loop? And we wove hot pads and went door to door and sold hot pads. I remember that with my brother. That was my first job. Like I think he did the sales and I did the And we probably made like four dollars total. And then I cleaned bathrooms at a yacht club. That was uh, uh, a job. Uh, and then we did a yacht deck cleaning business. So we would get up on Friday early morning, Saturday early morning, to clean the decks of yachts um, from all the you know pigeon and seagull and stuff. And that was another early job. And then I moved up in the world and became an apprentice mortician. So uh, that was my high school college job. And then I worked at a plastics factory, and it was called Applied Molded uh, Products. And I worked on a line that we made. Uh, those center consoles for 15 passenger vans, this, that plastic piece that's right in the middle where you put your cups, but they don't hold them. <laughs> yeah, we made those, and every two and a half minutes, I took that piece of plastic off of a hot mold and sanded it, and uh, did that till one or two in the morning during grad school. And then I was a science teacher uh, for a few years, and then a family pastor, and then Air Force chaplain, and then a wingman, a holistic wingman advocate. So I was a counselor for civilians on an Air Force installation. And then uh, pastor. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. I did not know that we'd be. Yeah, so we can do this. That's pretty amazing. Okay, let's see one of those one day. All right, kind of in light of that, there's a question that comes after, I think. Uh, was there a job you did not enjoy? And then how would you work unto the Lord uh, in light of that job you didn't enjoy? Maybe you didn't think of it at the time. But maybe looking back, you could even speak into your own heart as a younger kid weaving hot pads or uh, taking care of chickens, whatever you have going on. Like as you think about the job you didn't enjoy, how does how does your relationship with the Lord really impact that? Who wants to go first? You guys can just whoever wants to go first. I, mean, I can speak at it. Um, All right, go for it. Andy. The welding and manufacturing job that I first worked out here. Um, it was kind of like the, in a sense, the classic like dead end job where it's just like I was at kind of the top of what I could make there. Um, and when we were talking about um, praying about having kids at first, um, I didn't really see where um, Alicia's, Alicia's my wife right here, where Alicia's um, 
the income that she was making was going to come from at that point. She stopped working as much as she had our, our first daughter. Um, and so I, I kind of went through about a year of just thinking, where should I go? What should I do? And then um, also the health effects of welding and manufacturing aren't always the best. And it was probably a older manufacturing facility, so that didn't help as well. And just really struggled through like getting up and going to work every day. Just what, you know, it's kind of like this stuff is not good for me. Um, and I'm kind of, I kind of felt stuck. And so, um, but I really had to give it to the Lord that like the Lord gave me that job. Um, it was through COVID. We didn't um, we didn't actually lose any days. We kept working, and in a sense, we even worked more because construction could then work easier because nobody else was in 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 our way necessarily. Um, but just viewing it as as um, really God's um, God's plan for my life helped, and then also just from going and like getting a paycheck to I'm around all these people, and especially during COVID when we couldn't really be around anybody else, I was only around coworkers. Um, just viewing it as like a great opportunity that I like to witness and really be a gospel light to these people that are like forced to only be around me now. So um, I think that in a weird way helped during during COVID for my own part towards my job. Good. Anybody else? Jobby did not enjoy. How does uh, how does the Lord help you to work through that? Yeah, so uh, first two years of first well, first two years out of college I had a job working as a maintenance caretaker at my church in West Virginia. And that included cleaning um, three probably 200 foot length tile floors um, every week, which after like a person church, so every Sunday, every Wednesday, yeah, like a thousand different like scuff marks on the tile that you have to like clean up and then uh, wash it and then like make the tile shiny again. So um, that was, <laughs> that was probably my least favorite job ever. Um, and Looking back, like I, there was, I definitely struggled with like how do I make sure I do this out twice a week. Uh, looking back, like I can see, okay, so it was, it was actually really an opportunity to serve not just the the church, but to serve the Lord because I'm I'm serving and creating a place that is clean, that is neat, that is distracting as people come like looking back, like I can see, and I'm really glad that we don't have any of those tile floors here at UGC. I can see what God was doing. That's great. That's great. Anybody else want to speak into that? Yeah. I have like a, just a negative example that I, I did not work to please the Lord. Um, when I was in uh, grad school, I was a teacher. I was a science teacher and a very poor one. Um, I worked in a way just to get by and get money. And so my, uh, it really wasn't a priority and it wasn't a passion for me. So I didn't care about teaching and I didn't want to teach. And I just wanted to do grad school, but I couldn't afford it, so I had to teach. And so it was, it was, I always had like a heart that was um, kind of frustrated uh, with having to do this. And um, uh, I, I probably served in a way that displeased the Lord for probably a year and a half uh, as a teacher. And I... Um, went to chapel at this grad school I was at. We were required to go to chapel, and I sat through the service about clearing your conscience. And it was a service that um, uh, the, the passage was where Paul says, "I strive to have a conscience void of offense between God and man." And as I sat there, the Lord just convicted me 
that I, um, I was really a thief from my employer because I wasn't giving what I was um, paid to give. Yeah, I wasn't giving my best effort and wasn't um, pleasing the Lord with it. So I was like, you know, didn't know what to do. So what do you do if you've been a poor worker? And um, I asked someone for some counsel, and they said, well, you probably need to talk to your supervisor and confess that. So I did. I set up an appointment with my supervisor um, uh, in this academic world and sat down with them and confessed that I had been a poor worker. And, and there were different ways that that had come about. You know, it was just like half-hearted service. Things weren't done on time. I was late in certain things. It was, it was evident in different ways. And I just confessed that, and I asked for forgiveness and was willing to take whatever consequences. I thought maybe I'd lose my job um, for that. This man was a Christian, and he uh, was very compassionate towards me and merciful, and he counseled me. And uh, really counseled me to please the Lord for my work and mentored me in um, doing a better job. And so for me, it was a transformative moment in my working career because uh, God made it clear I wasn't working to please him. And then I could either, either cover it or confess it, and I confessed it, and the Lord showed me mercy and, um, and helped me. Yeah, thanks for that. It's a good example for us, even to think about the negative side of that, right? Yeah, we all have those, those times. I'm going to bump to the next, the next, I'm going to miss the next question here. I had to Christy. Okay, Christy. Uh, Christy, in particular, I wanted to talk uh, and ask a question related to you being a mom, working, all that stuff. So, um, how do you think about your work differently because you're a mom? What are some helpful tips for stay at home moms or working moms? Those are, those are big questions. Uh, so, we don't have a lot of time to delve real deep, but maybe what are some quick points and thoughts you would give us on, on that topic specifically? I think um, what are some helpful tips for a stay-at-home stay mom or working mom? I think um, always involving community um, with your decisions. I think that involves primarily your husband. So making sure that you and your husband are on the same page um, with whatever your um, desire is for work. Um, I think it's very important when we came here to Salt Lake that Will and I were on the same page with um, the opportunities that God can place in our lap. We were praying that we knew that I would need to work somehow. And so just the way that God um, laid this opportunity in our lap, we felt like it was from the Lord. But it was very important that we were on the same page because it was going to take something from you. Uh, work always takes energy, it takes time, it takes responsibilities. And so it's going to move some of my responsibilities from the domestic domain to pouring my energy into something else. So making sure that that's uh, beneficial to the family and what are you giving up and that kind of thing. Um, I think it's important that um, it's, is it, when you're thinking about work, is it the right stage of life for you? I, I think right what I'm doing right now, I could never have done when the kids were little. It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have been healthy for our family or for me. <coughs> Um, so I think um, communicating a lot about it with your own spouse, and then also um, holding holding your job loosely. I think it can um, take over. As mom, I know I, for me it can take it can take over my mind and my heart, and so um, guarding against that. But I think um, there are pros and cons. Um, how I think about work differently. Uh, I think. 
it's been a learning curve for me to know how to balance my domestic responsibility and the work. I think because of the seeming immediacy of work and clients, it's easy to let that push out the time with my hubby and kids. I think a job can squeeze out any extra energy that I would have towards improving my skills as a homemaker. So those are some of the, uh, I think, the cons of working at home. The pros, I get to rub, rub shoulders with other people who I would never otherwise meet. I get to give salt and light to those who God brings because of the job. Um, I get to have people in my home. So I get to bring people into my personal space, which I, I believe is a plus to show uh, the light of the gospel. And it can be much more personable and comfortable for people to open up and share their stories with me. Um, I've had many opportunities with um, other ladies coming into my life in the dog breeding business where they uh, feel comfortable enough to share their stories and their, even I can even ask them, how can I pray for you when they share things in there that I would never have known otherwise. So that's a pro. I think um, there's a joy in being part of God's common grace to all people. Um, so make, making something beautiful for us is a joy. There's a joy that comes with that. So I think God stretched me as a person. I wouldn't. I'm not a um, business businesswoman. So I feel like God's used the job in my life to stretch me and help me learn things that I would never have learned. That's good. Good. Any any ladies have any? Or was there more, Christy? Okay. Any ladies have any questions you want to ask on that note specifically? Or guys. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Missy, thanks for that. I have a question. <laughs> she came in right when she was talking about her husband. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, good timing. Thanks, Chrissy. That's really helpful and helpful for us as to think about that. Maybe just seasons of life and in different stages of ministry opportunity there with family and with work opportunities. Lucas, I'm going to jump over to you. Let's say someone's considering a job change. Uh, this is pretty common. I mean, we've it's very common in our day, a lot of job changes. Uh, how should they think about the decision process? What may be some helpful pointers? If someone's like, here's an opportunity over here or here, how do we think through that biblically uh, as to do that in a way that would honor the Lord? Yeah, yeah I've, I've tried to think about um, you know, pushes and pulls. A lot of times people think about opportunities only in a sense of there's a pull from something that's better or seemingly better, and that's pulling me, and that's sometimes the only the only um, way they think about opportunities. But I think uh, often God actually, there's there's a push as well. And that is he closes certain things while opening uh, other things. And I think it's worth us thinking about, is my time here finished? Not just, is it better there? And um, I think that's worth us contemplating. Is, is, is uh, my job here and what God has for me in this current position finished? Um, or coming to an end. Um, I think, you know, when people consider job changes, I think it's always worth a, a question, is there a good church in the place where this job is? So I, I worked in a community with a lot of ret uh, retiring military members who would be somewhere between 38 and 45 years old, finishing their military career, and then moving on to a second career. And they would be looking for a lot of different uh, spots to go, and we'd have these kind of conversations. And I watched some people do a really great job in that they understood that they were Christians first, and then whatever their occupation was second. 
And then I saw people reverse that. Um, I saw a guy end up out in a, a place. He, he really wanted an F-250 truck. Like, he really wanted a truck. He was never able to afford one his whole life. And uh, there was a job. This is not a joke. There's a job that offered him a company truck. And he would be able to drive around in this thing. It was in the mining business. And it took him out in some weird, desolate place in Arizona. And his family didn't have a church up there. I mean, they were away from everything. And I just picture this guy. He's got his white F-250 driving around in Nowheresville. And his family's stuck there. And they're disconnected from community. And I thought, maybe you know, maybe that's something he should have thought about. Um, and then I think there's like a, there's a, a, a triangle of things to think about. Opportunity, um, affinity, and ability. And that is, if I'm going to change jobs, is there an opportunity there? Uh, do I have the ability to do that? And do I have an affinity? for that. And then inside that triangle, I would just say, counsel from wise spiritual people. What, what would they counsel me to do? And thinking through that. And then the last thing would just be Ephesians 5 says, don't be unwise, understand the will of the Lord. Psalm 90 says, we only have a certain number of days, so live in wisdom. And is this decision to move to this job an expression of those things? Yeah, thanks for that. It's helpful. Anybody questions on that? And just raise your hand if you have one. If you want to be quiet today, that's okay too. We'll keep going. All right, thanks, Lucas. Let's see one more thing. Yeah, yeah. I, You're allowed. Yeah, I just think uh, maybe consider what are your motivations for this job change? Because we mistakenly think that bigger, better, and more um, is the right move. And I don't think you're actually going to find that in scripture. You know, so, I mean, the American world says that in your career, it's bigger, better, more. But is that really what, what God does? Um, and so I just think, what are your motivations? Yeah, thanks for that. We'll move on to, to Joe here. Joe, you've been in school for a while. Um, as you think about work and you think about serving the Lord in your work, how does that relate to being a student? I mean, there's some here who are students studying. Um, how do you speak into that? Yeah, so I kind of have two different phases of my life that um, I think God really taught some lessons to me. <laughs> um, and one was undergrad, the other is graduate. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I think in, in undergrad, I didn't do a great job of being a student, my, especially my junior and senior year, because the school I was at didn't agree with in a lot of ways, philosophically or with um, educationally and so academically. And so I, I really struggled to like apply myself and actually study. And looking back, I can see like, okay, there's a lot of things that I had classes in that I could have like really applied myself and learned different aspects and different things um, that would have been helpful for me now today that I didn't see or understand that. Um, and so I think just being present um, and, and really putting in the effort regardless, even if it feels like it's a dumb class, um, like I, I, we all have those. Like, <laughs> um, and so English was one of those. Kelly, test now. You're from West Virginia, right? West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, every once in a while, she'll ask me, like, what's an adjective? And I have to try to answer that. But just like, just like things like that. They're just like, really silly. Like, what's the point of this? I don't think, like, I don't think I really need this, but. There, there are things that God can really use still uh, throughout your life in the future in ways that you may not know or may not understand yet. And so really being present and really applying yourself, even if it feels like it's stupid. 
Um, that was that would be one thing, or even if you disagree. I think that uh, another thing was just like uh, God had to work out a, a heart of bitterness in your life towards school, towards education, um, because of uh, my my last year of college. I was I was just done with school. I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to do any more school. Um, and just being open to learning and being open to uh, be willing to, to recognize I don't know it all and that there are a lot of things that I'm going to be learning throughout throughout my life, even if I'm not in school. And so uh, school is actually a really helpful way, a structured way to allow um, education, allow yourself to continue to learn to grow in your life. And so that was kind of phase one of, you know, the first first year, kind of more of a negative example of not doing that well. Um, the second was mass, my master's program, my, my graduate program. I was working full-time, I was in school full-time uh, for the past three and a half years. And so just doing that, having a family, um, a lot of what I learned was just boundaries. Like how do I, how do I maintain good boundaries with all the things that I'm doing, working full-time, um, trying to be present with Kelly um, and doing a lot of things around the church as well. Um, just making sure that when I needed to, I was I was willing and able to sacrifice time away from other things, time from, away from Kelly, time from the church, and apply myself to my education when I needed that. Um, but then on the flip side of that, was uh, was recognizing that it's okay to get a B every once in a while to make sure that I'm that Kelly <laughs> um, knows that I'm there with her that I love her or when there's somebody that I needed to reach out to like we have a community group or something like that and something went late and I didn't get a project turned in on time that's okay uh, because there's there's greater things that are happening that God is doing outside of my day. Um, so, um, just kind of recognizing like the, the balance there, right? like applying myself, but then also willing to recognize that I'm not, I don't need to get to be a perfect student. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So our time is getting shorter and shorter. So Annie, you're going to get just like 30 seconds or so to answer your question. We'll try to get two more if we can, and we'll be done. Okay, guys. So uh, Andy, think about, about work as a, as a business owner, Christian business owner. What biblical principles have helped you think through that in your painting business? Uh, again, try to be, if you can, be 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, I think people kind of already all hit on it. Um, but really, it's working. Um, what was kind of working when you're supposed to and resting when you're supposed to for me? Um, in a trades industry, right now in Salt Lake, there's always more work you could do. You could work, you know, just you could work yourself to death very easily and not really try to go out and get the work in a sense. Um, and I'm really bad at that with um, just even work-life balance, work and rest balance with family and stuff um, is probably, I mean, you hit on it, Joe hit on it with school and stuff too. Um, and I'm sure you work in, while you're doing school and all that, like it's, it's all that. But for me particularly, I'm still pretty bad at this um, and need to work on it more. Um, I've even seen that in the last few weeks kind of planning out and seeing where I've been in this last year and how how much you know work has been done um I've just seen how I've been pretty uptight the the first three quarters of the year and then I see like oh we actually like 
we're going to be okay without really busting it. Um, and some of that is my seasonal work, but um, just I need to do better being okay throughout the whole year, not just the fourth quarter when you're like, okay, we made we made money. So that's where I need to still work um, work on my own work life, rest, family balance. So. That's good. Yeah, thanks for that, Andy. Appreciate that. Yeah, let's jump to here's this next question. I'm just curious about um, anyone if you can speak into this. If you were in a, in a situation where you had a difficult boss, uh, maybe toxic individuals you were working with in the workplace, uh, maybe you guys are familiar with that kind of context, how would you how would you walk through that? Uh, again, anyone anyone of you can uh, step in on this one, or I can pick you. You have a thought, Andy? I was just gonna make a joke and say I really hate my boss right now. <laughs> Work. I'm self-employed. So. I got one. Oh, Christy, were you working with a toxic boss earlier with Will? <laughs> Go ahead, Lucas. Something real here. <laughs> um, at the, in, in the Air Force, you know, everything gets rotated all the time, and uh, I got a supervisor who was um, really difficult. Um, I, so I, I really tried to act professionally. I think it's super important. If someone's not acting professionally, it doesn't give you the right to meet them in the gutter. So continue to act professionally. Um, not create workplace gossip. That was another one. Just really avoid creating drama or trying to feel like I have to gather a posse to somehow validate myself. Um, and then I had to deal with this person directly. So he was my supervisor but I had to deal with them directly. So I tried to set up a meeting where I could talk about some of my concerns. Um, and then because it couldn't be resolved, then I had to use the chain of command. So then I had to go above that person. But I could really only do that after having dealt with them individually. So I felt like, you know, in the end, it was, it was up the chain that solved the problem, but I had to trust that process and, yeah. and try to re remain professional even though this this other person won. That's great. That's great. Anybody else want to speak into that? Oh, all right. It's all good. Uh, one last question. Okay. So just leaving here, thinking about this is a question from earlier in our list here. But as a Christian, how do you need to think about work this week? How do what would be like a general comment, really quick? Our time's up, basically. Uh, as we think about work and being Christians, how can we be thinking differently this week? I think your mind, uh, all of work is sacred as you make it sacred. So I think that's a big transition from going traveling on the road and all my work being ministry related to um, being here. And uh, it's just so different. And I can almost categorize it as something that's not ministry or not spiritual. But actually, that's what God has been doing. Like everything is sacred and it's spiritual as I, as I do it. That's great. That's great. Good. Yeah. Let's read. Uh, this is Babylonian Captivity of the Church by Martin Luther. Therefore, I advise no one to enter any religious order or the priesthood. Indeed, I advise everyone against it, unless he is forearmed with this knowledge and understands that the works of monks and priests, however holy or arduous they may be, do not differ one whit in the sight of God from the works of the rustic laborer in the field or the woman going about her household task. But all works are measured before God by faith alone.
And I just love what Christy was saying. You know, it's like, that's what that's what matters. How did you go about this week? Whatever it is you're doing, um, in faith. Yeah. Before, that's great. Yeah, thanks, guys. Give give them a round of applause for. Thank finish this series out, you can see how there's so many different layers to this. We've talked about biblical theology of work, idolatry, idleness, so many different aspects. And there's plenty of ways we work this out in our Christian life. And hopefully you can get your questions answered. If you have more, you know where to go talk to these people and ask some more questions or others. And uh, look into the Word. God's given us encouragement and hope as we think about how we should be working as Christians. And I think that gives us that gives us hope each day as we go to work tomorrow, right? We know um, how to approach these things. We don't have to fear about it. So hopefully you're encouraged on that note. I'm just going to pray for us, and then we'll get out of here. Father, we're just thankful for your word and that it speaks into so much of our life as Christians. Father, we face all kinds of unique circumstances and challenges, and no doubt each individual here is facing different circumstances and challenges, even from what we talked about today. I pray that they can see very specifically, Lord, how they can live for you in this ministry you've given to them in the workplace. That they see it as worship, as spiritual worship, something they can honor you with. And so, Lord, as they go to work tomorrow, I pray that you would help their mindset to be to glorify you with their work. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.